Hello and good evening, everyone. It is your good friend, Mr. Eric Norton, and I'm here with my tonight with my good friend, Mike Summer. That is the Mike Summer from Watch Pack Show. What's up, Mike? How are you? How are you doing? It's always good to be back on Beckett Live Presents, and so I'm looking forward to the conversation tonight. I always love having you here. Uh, first of all, uh, I feel like I need to I need to say this up front, uh, and I always do this when when you're on or when other Mike is a Mike, I consider Mike a friend, so. Uh, uh, that I need to say that up front because uh, the conversation that we we have tonight is is going to feel like two friends talking. Hopefully, so uh, the, again, and this is speculation on our part as we talk about some of the bigger hobby news. There is nothing solid or con concrete here. Mike uh, wrote a blog piece uh, that he published yesterday. I do believe that had some of his thoughts about some of the bigger news in the hobby, and we're going to address some of that. But before we before we get into that, and it might seem old cap old cap now that we're you know three weeks removed from the national but uh i just wanted to get your takes on it uh we we had we had our annual dinner it feels like our annual dinner where you and i uh or lunch and we got to chit chat a little bit but what were your overall overbearing thoughts of the national seeing that craziness yeah it was it was packed and i expected a big crowd i mean that people had been building up for weeks about what it was going to be like i don't know that i expected the crowd that we saw as early as we saw it you know i was i went up to the vip lounge on the first afternoon or the first evening and it was full it was a bigger bigger kind of holding room or initial room than they'd had before and they asked how many people are here for the first time and it was like half the room raised their hand it was at their first national and not just attended once but bought vip passes for the week at their first national and that just that energy just kind of carried through throughout the rest of the week that energy did carry out through the rest of the week uh you know when when you go to these things and you you expect to see the the certain players that you see right you know that you're going to see the guys from twitter and that you've made friends with and you know that you're going to you know maybe run in some of those guys from the facebook group but this felt like the entirety of the hobby just descended upon the rosemont center it was hard to breathe at times did you feel that way Oh yeah, there's a couple times um, I just had to get out of there and take a break because it got into be one of the the situations where you're shoulder to shoulder with people, and I haven't been around that many people all at once mm -hmm. for a long time, and so there's a couple points is like I need to get out of here for a little bit and take a break. Um, but the nice thing is there was room for you to spread out eventually. You you had to be a little strategic about it, but there was room to spread out at some of the booths, you know. One of the things that I really enjoyed doing was going to some of the lower end quarter and dollar box type uh, locations and pull up a chair and just spend some time digging through boxes, take take my time and go through that kind of stuff. And there was a, at one point it was Bo, the One Million Cubs Project Bo, mm -hmm. Dr. Beckett, me and Rich Klein all in the same in the same booth sitting there next to each other, pulling out cards out of the dollar boxes. And we had a blast, you know, and just having some conversation and, and sitting there having a good time. So there was times like that that you're able to have too. One of my other big takeaways is I, the thing I love about the national and love this year was there was something there for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the new or the lower end collector, there was still a lot of dollar box, quarter box type cards and things to be able to find. But there's also five figure deals going down. And so if you're into the high end, there's plenty of that stuff there too. And so there's there's a something for everybody, which is one of the things I like most about that event. 
So I was sitting down getting ready to talk to Jimmy from Kentucky, uh, Kentucky basketball cards. And right before our interview started, uh, a, a kid that couldn't have been 12 years old if he was 11 came up and said, Hey, Jimmy, I want to get your opinion on this. And he showed him this, this Tom Brady card that he had taken a picture of. And he said, the guy's asking, asking seven, five, I got 6,200. Do you think that'll be enough? And I was like, Oh my God, this kid is 12. I didn't have this this kind of money when I was 12. Where is this kid getting this kind of money? And I was, you're right. There was something for everyone, but it felt younger to me. And it felt like, uh, you know, there was, younger money on the floor, like real legitimate money where, where maybe, you know, you and I, we've been in the hobby forever, forever, you know, clicking, collecting 87 tops. And, you know, our, 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 our glory days might be the, that junk wax era, but these kids, these 12, 13, 14 year old kids, their glory days are, are $7,200 Tom Brady cards. Yeah. Yeah. There was people, there there was a lot of young people there too. And a lot of young people who, who knew what they were doing. You know, Mm -hmm. I heard a couple other podcasts that had some interaction with folks like that, kind of like what you were just describing. And there was a lot of young people who knew what they were doing when it came to cards and approach cards from a different way. And um, I think that in the long run, that's going to be good. It's going to be good for the hobby. I think so too. I uh, want to address uh, Big Shep. Man, I haven't talked to Shep in for it feels like forever. I have two George Brett cards sitting for him, sitting on my desk for him. I got to get those out to Shep. What's up, Timmy? Thanks for stopping by and uh, being a part of the show. Then Andrew Reddish, this jack wagon says, How about instead of interviewing people, you get on the backlog of grading cards? Andrew, I promise you, you don't want me grading your cards. I am not a grader. Uh, I would love for you, though, to send that to grading at Beckett.com and let them know how you feel about uh, the backlog. And uh, maybe maybe they can address that for you. However, I'm not the I'm not the one. You don't want me grading your cards. I promise you that that's uh, not my expertise at all. Uh, So let's let's there's some bigger news in the hobby. And when I when I put this out uh, this earlier today that you were going to be on the show, I, I, I said very specifically that we're going to have a sensible conversation. And I said that because I knew that I could have that conversation with you, Mike. I knew that you weren't going to go flying off the handle and, and uh, you know, spouting your mouth and ranting and raving about uh, tops, this panini, that fanatics over here. It's that I knew that we could just have a, 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 an intelligible conversation, if you will, because I knew, I know that that's the type of collector and the type of, type of person you are. And, uh, so before we get into the meat and bones of, of what we've seen uh, lately, just what were your initial thoughts last week when you saw that news about Tops and Fanatics taking over that that particular license? Yeah, it was. I, I wasn't expecting that news to come now or or anytime in the in the near future, and so I was a little caught off guard that it dropped when it did. You know, I, I wasn't expecting that. I always try to approach these kind of things by taking a step back and thinking about, you know, the big picture and not having a, an initial uh, crazy reaction to, to what I thought about. And so, um, you know, my first thought was, oh, wow, you know, there's going to be a whole new, new ball game in town. And then I thought about, well, what else might this mean? You know, who else might this impact? And started thinking about the impacts to distributors and thinking about the impacts to, um, hobby shops and, you know, what might that look like for them? Um, you know, I think there's some far reaching impacts that could play out, but at the end of the day, 
we got some news, but we don't have a lot of detail. You know, we still haven't heard directly from Tops. We haven't heard directly from Fanatics. We haven't heard directly from Panini or GTS or Southern Hobby or any of the, the other parties who might be impacted and probably will be to some extent. But everything that we're dealing with right now is really speculation at the end of the day. Some of it's educated guesses, but it's still kind of speculation at this point. It is. It is speculation. Uh, it is definitely speculation. Definitely. Uh, there, there wasn't a lot there, like you said. So the immediacy of people acting the way they did or re or reacting the way they did was a, a little, excuse me. It was a little bit of lunacy because there was, there wasn't a lot there. And then initially, you know, this is, 20 was 2025 2026 that we're talking about yep. we still have three more four more years to go here before this takes place i uh, you know i feel bad for tops because you know they were you know, they were about to go public and that news comes that, that news comes that it's it's not going to happen now but like just the immediate overreaction was i thought it was kind of ridiculous in that I should have expected it though, because that's what we do in the hobby, right? That's we we just take that and get ready to to explode at the at the slightest drop of a hat, right? Any any kind of change, we're like, oh my god, here we go. It's like my four year old when he can't have ice cream. It's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah, there's big. I mean, it was big. It's a big announcement, and it definitely is going to change some things. But you know, there was some kind of hyperbole out there. This is the biggest day in the history of trading cards. You know, everything's going to be different. It's going to have, you know, it's like, yeah, but there were some pretty big days back in the fifties when tops bought Bowman and then when tops sued Fleer and then when Fleer sued him back and we got the big three in the eighties. And then we had all the bankruptcies that happened in the 2008 to tens or whenever, you know, all of that happened. Then tops lost the basketball and football licenses. And that was going to be the, the big thing. And this is another one that, yeah, things are going to be different. Things are going to change, but the hobby's still going to go on. The hobby's still going to exist. People are still going to be wanting to collect things. And like we just got done saying, we don't know how it's ultimately going to play out. You know, I think, I think maybe what bothered me the most was, Oh, tops is dead. Tops is dead. Tops is dead. Granted. I understand the, the initial shock of, of hearing the major league ba baseball license and the MLBPA license had been given to fanatics. I get, I understand that part, but like though tops has built its, its brand on, on, on baseball products. They're, they're a, they're a candy company still, you know, with bazooka and they still have WWE star Wars, uh, walking dead, I believe garbage folk kids. They still have big name properties that are in, Formula One and some soccer as well. Yep. They have properties that they can lean on. This is not like the death of tops, right? Yeah, and and I don't think so. I mean, I think granted, the the big money or the one of the main drivers of revenue was was baseball and MLB. Um, at the same time, that was one of the biggest expenses as well, right? And so, right. it it will I think impact them, and it will probably decrease some of their their revenue potential and their profit potential and that type of thing. I, I think it probably does to some extent lower 
their overall valuation, but there's still a lot of value in those brands. And there's still a lot of value in the trademarks that they've got. And, and a lot of the things that come with a company like Tops with the history that they have and the brand recognition and the name value. And so there's still a lot of value to that organization. I think it's uh, still to be, you know, determined what that means for them independent as a long term. I think, you know, many people is, have indicated that they think that maybe this is going to lead to to a buyout. Mm -hmm. People have been speculating that for a long time. I mean, it was it was the last few years that people have started had already started to have the rumor that Fanatics was going to enter the market by buying one of the other um, card manufacturers, right? And so that's not a a new thing, you know, I think there's, there's potential that that happens. Um, but it's not that they're necessarily going to be liquidated as a bankruptcy sale type of thing. I think, I think there's a chance they may not exist in the same manner that they are, but it's because they're going to be bought for a decent amount because of the value that still exists with their other products and their name and the brands and, and IP that goes with tops. That, 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 addresses the question that Mr. Delaney had here. He says, is there, is there a possibility of Fanatics keeping the top's name? Again, it was so it wasn't a buyout, John, like what like we were just discussing. Uh, but there's, I guess there is, there is the possibility of that happening. Uh, again, not knowing anything, it's just completely speculation. But it, it doesn't seem unreasonable that a, a buyout might happen. You know, it, it just, I guess it, it's all about dollars and cents uh, uh, when it comes to that. Yeah, I think so. You know, the the value that and the capital that Fanatics has behind them, they should be able to afford a buyout. You know, they know how to operate a website. They have a distribution network. They've got infrastructure in place to sell product. What they don't have today is card knowledge. They don't have designers. They don't have the experience manufacturing and producing card sets and um, and those types of things. And so just, and they don't have a brand, right? They don't have brand recognition for multiple product lines to fill out a full slate of MLB, NBA, and, and NFL cards, right? They don't have that experience yet. And so that's another reason that I think both from a, a capital perspective and a knowledge experience and knowing how to run a card company perspective, I think there it's, not out of the realm of possibility that they look to acquire some some knowledge. Absolutely. And you know, some of that knowledge is going to come in the form of Josh Luber, who ran StockX. Uh, for for those of you who don't know who Luber is, Josh is a very smart guy. He he understood a brand uh and, and, a, and a need with shoes and he made that happen. Uh, everybody say hello to Lucas as he sticks his head in here. We're gonna get get another Lego set here. <laughs> We're gonna get another I don't know. Uh, what's going on? But uh, so I mean, Luber's coming over to run this division. What do you, what, what, I know that you don't know Luber personally, but I'm sure that you're familiar with what he did at StockX. What are your thoughts about him coming over to represent or to head up this, this division at Fanatics? Yeah, I don't know him. I don't know him real well. I only know some peripheral anecdotal type stories about him. But one of the things that I'm encouraged is some of the recent stories that I've heard of, of him and about him or is he's also a collector, you know, yeah. I think he was at the national and I, I had heard a, a story that he was there and excited that he was going to be there as somebody going to shop for cards mm -hmm. and, and have a good time doing that. And so, 
um, kind of like, you know, uh, I, I'm not the, the biggest fan of grading, but I like that Nat Turner's at PSA, who is a collector at heart and loves the hobby and, and, and loves all of those things that, that go with collecting cards. And so I hope with Josh at the helm of this, that we see that same type of thing. We see somebody who is, who is a collector at heart, who is leading that organization. I think Josh is very smart. He's very quiet, so he might leave a little. But he might leave. He might rub people the wrong way because he's quiet. But he knows what he's doing, and I, I before everybody jumps on the on the let's let's bash Josh Luber for coming over and and running the card side of Fanatics. Like we should probably just step back and give him a minute to see what he's going to bring to the table instead of just killing the decision. You have again. This is twenty five, twenty six. We're still waiting. We got years. They have time to develop this. I don't understand the the immediate the immediacy of the hatred. I just don't yeah. get it. Yep. I just don't get it. So that takes place. All right. That's that's Thursday, and then Friday, the news about tops not going public, uh, you know, happens, and we, we we discussed that a little bit. We knew that was going to come after the uh, after the initial announcement, and then on Monday, it gets leaked that. Fanatics is also getting a deal with the NBA and the NBA PA. And I guess the the writing was on the wall with with the news that broke on Thursday, especially if you read the uh the Wall Street Journal piece. But that felt that felt almost out of place. I, I in a in a sense that like with that license, with the the it that's been Panini forever to me you know and I, I i love what panini does and as an nba collector that one i i gotta i gotta tell you that one kind of hurt me you know that that kind of sucked but what were your thoughts when you saw that that breaking that breaking that leak news yeah i i guess that didn't surprise me just based on like like you said on thursday we knew that the nfl pa the nba pa that there was connection to this new organization from the onset right and so it it seemed intuitive that it was only a matter of time till we heard more official news i guess that mm -hmm. there was something that was going to happen from the the nfl and nba license as well so i i guess you know that didn't really catch me off guard that much because based on thursday's news that's kind of what i expected so i'll ask you the same question then that i asked you at the at the at the beginning there and like you know panini's had this license for the longest time it's not 70 years worth of history, but it's, it's still a long, it's a long established brand. And, you know, looking back at what they did with Kobe and um, how they, they pushed basketball to the forefront when basketball really wasn't a big deal in collecting. Uh, I mean, it was coming off early LeBron years and, you know, Michael has always been an upper deck uh, property, but, you know, they pushed basketball to the forefront. They made, not that they made Kobe a superstar either. He was already a superstar, but they made Kobe accessible. What were your thoughts when you saw that initially, like just as a collector or a buyer of, of basketball cards, what were your initial thoughts? Like my, I'll, I'll tell you this, mine were like, I don't know how, how I feel about that because I don't know what fanatics will do with basketball. I, I know more about fanatics baseball than I do basketball. I think I had a similar perspective. See, I, I still am not convinced that by 2025, 2026, 
that deals won't be made, that we won't still be seeing some of the same brands on these cards that Fanatics releases. And so I think we're just so early on in the process. I'm not sure that I uh, am overreacting, you know, at this point. I, I think it'll be interesting and I'd be less excited if we get all brands, all new brands across the board. Um, but I really think there's a chance that we're going to see some of these same brands when the rubber meets the road five years from now. That's what I, I feel like that initially. I feel like not initially. I feel like that as well. And I hope that I hope that holds true because these some of these brands are just legacy brands that we're all familiar with. So here's you know here's me crossing my fingers that this happens, and we we do see some of these brands down the road. Uh, they don't all just disappear. So uh, let, let's transition from that into now this. We've had a couple of days to process. Obviously, we think that there's still more news on the way with the NFL license, but we can't talk about that because we don't know for sure. No, nope. uh, but. What so give me your overall point of view of fanatics then knowing that they're this giant this behemoth in the in the sports memorabilia world, but they don't have any brand recognition recognition in the card world. Do you think it's gonna take them long to establish it? As a just speak for speak generally for the hobby. Do you think that there there's gonna be acceptance of it? I think there will be. I, I think there's a handful of people who are gonna say, well, you know. Tops is not making cards anymore. I'm not collecting new product anymore. Um, but like you said before, there's a lot of people in the hobby that uh, like to open their mouths when this kind of stuff happens, that talk a big game, but then when the rubber meets the road, they're still buying cards. You know, I'm never buying this brand again, or I'm never buying this product again. Yeah, they, they, they buy it. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm never buying a new, new set again. If they really love the hobby and they really love collecting, I think it would take some. It would take a lot for some folks to to completely give up on the hobby. And and so I think uh, it it will there'll, there'll be some learning curve. You know there'll be some bumps in the road if they don't um, go the route of utilizing some of the existent talent and experience. Um, I'm sure there will be. Um, you know, but they're it, they seem to be in this for the long run, right? Right. The, the, we don't know the exact terms of the deal, but it would seem to be a kind of a, a long-term deal, uh, especially with the ownership interest of the, the leagues and the players association as part of this entity, even if it takes them a few seasons to, to figure it out, I think they're going to be in it to do it and do it well. And so I think the, they're going to end up figuring it out. You know, I wonder if initially, um, if they won't be treated by the the community like a little bit like leaf where everybody knows that leaf makes good cards like they make really good products it's just a matter of oh they don't they, they don't have a, a license or they don't have logos but people still buy panini for in the in they they can't they can't make that same argument with panini when it comes to major league baseball it i could see initially where people say the same thing where Fanatics is the new kid on the block and they don't have brand new recognition and they don't know what their cards are going to look like. So that first set is really going to matter, whatever it is. I just, I hope that there's just not this stand, this standoff between, you know, collectors and investors where it could become problematic for the hobby in general, where there's just this huge debate about Fanatics being better or worse than the companies that we we've known for the last 
you know, in some cases, 70 years. I think that that's going to be a pivotal point for, for everybody in 2025. When that first set drops, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, there will, there will definitely be comparisons made. You know, I, I don't, I guess I'm not convinced that it will be adversarial to the broad collecting community. You know, there's going to be vocal critics that just like there is today, you know, vocal critics of tops, Panini, upper deck, they've, they've all got critics. Um, but at the end of the day, the market will speak, you know, and, and I, who knows where, where things will be added five years from a broad market perspective. But, um, you know, I, this hobby has been around for a hundred years, right? There's been trading cards for a hundred years. A lot of different brands have come and gone along the way, but there's still collectors who are collecting today and still new collectors coming on board. And I think we're going to see that same thing, even though if, even if some of the names do change, Mm -hmm. I, I think that I can't, I just don't envision a scenario where all of a sudden this is the thing that causes people to stop. You say that. And I just realized that right now in this moment, I've never envied vintage collectors more in my life because they don't worry about this stuff, right? They just, they stick to what they know. They take their, their, you know, vintage collection is that they complete their sets and they're happy. They don't worry about on-card autographs or, or sticker autographs or, or patch front, patch fake patches or anything like that they have their they have their vintage and they're good god bless vintage collectors man <laughs> god bless them all all right man so uh thank you for having a sensible conversation with me about this uh, i knew that you would be the guy to do it and i knew that uh that you would put your your wax pack hero touch on it so what's what's happening over that wax pack right now oh we got we've got uh i don't know just trying to have conversations with folks you know we've um, one of the things that I've, I've learned over the, the year and a half, almost two years now that I've been doing this is I enjoy having the broad conversations with a broad number of people, having conversations with collectors, having conversations with some of these company CEOs doing that kind of stuff has been, has been a lot of fun. Um, continuing to have people reach out as I try to combine that hobby side and business side of collecting. And so continue to have conversations with folks who have questions about, some of the tips and strategies and hints and things that I've given on selling on um, sport lots or comp C or eBay or any of those, those different platforms and how I go about doing that to generate a self-sustaining hobby. So that's been a lot of fun um, to do. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to keep on rolling with the, the blog articles and the podcast and keep having fun doing all that. The, the hobby shop or the LCS that I do part-time as a side hustle has still been a lot of fun. And, still have people come in. I'm surprised every, I'm surprised how well that goes with me only being open eight hours a week and, mm -hmm. and there's still enough uh, traffic to have a good time doing that. So um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of good things happening over here at, at Wax Pack Hero. So let me ask you about the, the, the LCS, man. You, again, you're only open eight hours a week, which is great for a, a family man who works a regular job and has to be dad and, and husband and everything like that. Eight hours is good if you can get it. When your door is open, I know that you've described it to me in the past. Is your shop is in the is in the back of another shop? Is that right? Yeah, it's in the side. So it's like okay. two two storefronts that are side by side. The okay. wall in between of them is torn down, kind of in the middle of the shop. And so the kind of the foyer entryway and small office that were in the neighboring storefront. Mm -hmm. um, that's the area that I, I take. It's kind of seg segregated from the rest of the, the, the building. Um, that's where, where I, um, I have that dedicated space for, for my shop. 
So when we we spoke about this when you first opened this, you know, you had a, a bunch of inventory to go through and look through and everything. Are, are you still doing that? Are you still finding gems? I I've actually made it all the way through that million cards of of inventory, um, and and so now I'm um, some of it I'm still putting out. It, you know, I had gone through it, I'd sorted it, and I've been releasing it over time. You know, mm -hmm. to kind of keep fresh stock coming in. Um, but I'm also acquiring new collections that that make their way into the shop or that I find on. Facebook or Craigslist or blowout forums or wherever it might be kind of buying big bulk um, collections and going through them and, and that type of thing. Awesome. What do you got coming up on the podcast, man? Oh, well uh, this, this week um, just talked with Eric Doty. Um, oh, so got an update from loop on what's been going on. It'd been a few months since he had been on and wanted to get caught up with him. Um, next week, I'm going to be kind of taken the the article that I just published on my thoughts on the big news of last week and kind of turning that into a, an audio podcast episode. Uh, and then in the process of, of landing a few more um, guests here for the rest of um, September. Awesome, guys. Go check him out. Uh, give me that. Well, obviously on Twitter, he's at the, at the Mike Summer. Is there a Waxpack uh, Hero Twitter as well? Not Waxpack Hero Twitter. I am Waxpack Hero on TikTok, Instagram, and some of the other uh, social platforms. Um, you can search Waxpack Hero on Facebook as well. And then WaxpackHero.com is kind of the landing page of the, the blog and, and podcast. Awesome. Please go check him out. Mike is one of the uh, smartest guys in the hobby, but, but more than that, he's a great guy and a, and a good friend. So, uh, Mike, thank you for coming on tonight and having this conversation with me. You are, you know that you're welcome back anytime that you have anything to say or you want to talk about what you are always welcome here. Guys, everybody else, thanks for hanging out. We will be back tomorrow with Dynasty Breaks, and we got a great giveaway to do then. It's a box of 2020-2021 Hobby Prism basketball. So that's going to be a good fun live uh, giveaway that we're going to do. Make sure you're back for that. All right, guys, that's going to be it. Good night. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow.